Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 13, season two of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Another interesting round, um, Richie, plenty of simbins and upset, and another strong showing from young Reese Walsh. What did you think of the round? It was, yeah, it was had its ups and downs. <laughs> it certainly had uh, some excitement in that Warriors game, a lot of tension. Um, also, a lot of talking points, a lot of sin bins that I'm sure will will run over. Yeah, definitely. And while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, uh, a review of the round and our picks. We'll then answer some questions from you guys and then we'll preview uh, round 12 clashes, make our picks before ending the show with some Super League news, which we haven't done in a while. Um, so that'll be good to do. Uh, good evening, Simon. Good to see you here. Hey, um, so yeah, tune in to get your Rugby League news and remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show so we can answer them for you. Um, let's get into the top stories, Rich. Um, let's do it. I think first one is um, the passing of Bob Fulton. Um, uh one of the original immortals. Um, I'll, I'll pass to you. You you know a bit more about him than I do. He's a bit before our time, um, so I'll let you take the lead here. Well, it's just a sad, sad day in the rugby league community. Like you touched on, he's one of the original immortals and a manly legend. Um, was heavily involved in Australian setup and coaching Aussie. So I mean, I know his losses felt right throughout the, the rugby league community. And um, it was nice that Manly got to turn on a good performance for to honour to honor his passing. Yeah, definitely. It's um, better than what the Tigers did um, earlier in the year. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's, I, there was such a different cast of characters um, throughout the weekend um, from players, media, um, who all had stories about Fulton and the impact he had on them. So um, 
it was while I didn't get to see a lot of what he did, it was clear that he had such an impact on so many people. So um, a big loss for, for rugby league and um, yeah, best wishes to his, his friends and family. Um, next bit of news, it's kind of been developing over the day, so um, this will be interesting, but the Raiders have agreed to release George Williams from his contract effectively, um, effective immediately. He had originally requested to um, be released at the end of the year, citing um, being homesick and wanting to go back to the UK with his pregnant wife, uh, but the Raiders have decided it's um, best for both sides if they let him go right now um he's come out in social media and said um that he um contacted the raiders um mental health person and um was highlighting that he wasn't having a good time and that he was shown the door um i'm hearing conflicting reports on both sides so i don't really know where to stand but what are your thoughts on this uh it's just a bit of a saga isn't it it's um another saga in the Raiders season and yeah you don't you don't really know who who's in the right and who's who's wrong because you've got different reports and depending on on who you listen to so you know you first you had the media coming out saying that um, he's been released and he he wanted to seek a release via text message and then he's hit He's hit back at that on social media, and there's been a bit of back and forth um, over that. So, yeah, not sure who to believe, yeah. mate. Yeah, and um, Simon's put a good point that I was just going to ask myself. Um, he said, I, I do wonder if Canberra's um, policy recruiting English players is a bad idea. I was going to ask that too because this is the second one now after John Bateman, and the Raiders actually paid Wigan um, like four to 500K um, to get them out of contract early to bring them over, and now they're not seeing out their contracts. So um, is, it, is it time that they just start looking um, at Australian players rather than trying to get all these UK players over? Because it's obviously not working. They, they get um, brief glimpses of um, going well. Bateman was great for a year and then um, had some injuries and kind of waned a bit. I think Williams was fantastic for the Raiders last year. Um, hasn't really been on on pace this year and um, I'm not in their shoes but it just feels like um, it just feels like when the going got tough they were like no we don't want to do this anymore it's mm -hmm. happens a lot um, if if you're winning um, all the little issues you might have kind of get brushed under mm. but once you start losing that's when everything starts coming out and it makes it um, makes it a bit more difficult Simon's brought up another good point there. Yeah, so stating stating that Canberra Canberra find it difficult to recruit players from other parts of Australia, kind of similar boat to what we're in at the Warriors. You know, um, it's probably less desirable than um, being based in a Sydney or Queensland club. Um, and maybe the the COVID situation that's taken over has maybe put a shelf life on these guys because it makes it a bit more difficult with family um, being stranded on the other side of the world, you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. when um, the Burgess boys were going for South Sydney and they've had a long tenure, but, um, yeah, perhaps the COVID thing's not helping that in that regard. Yeah, possibly. It's, it's not as easy for them to just bring their family over for a holiday um, or anything like that, so that's definitely the case. And, yeah, it's yeah very similar to, to Auckland. It's um, 
Australians know that Canberra is probably not the nicest place to live. Um, the weather's not always the best. It's cold and miserable. Mm. And um, Australians and New Zealanders know kind of the same with Auckland, that especially during the league season, um, it's not really the best weather to to be living in. So um, if I was sitting there and had a contract for Auckland or a contract with the Titans, I'd probably be moving to the Gold Coast. So... Yeah. Um, it's yeah it's definitely um not helpful in the situation but they've got to find a way around it and um, i don't think the uk is working right now so um time will tell i'm sure by the time we have our show next wednesday there'll be a lot more news on this part yeah um so we'll we'll keep an eye on it and keep you guys informed um but the next bit of news we've got peter hicku um has signed a two-year deal with the cowboys um, it's a it's a good deal for him. He, he's got some security there. Um, disappointed to see him go from the Warriors. I think he was quite handy when he was on the field. Um, but it was one of those ones, I think we were talking, Rich, where I wasn't as disappointed to hear him go. Like It's, a, it's disappointing to see him go, but it's not the end of the world like some of the others have been. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think... Um that going forward we've kind of got some good young talent coming through who could cover that position. You know, we're talking Rocco Berry and Pompey who are developing this season. So uh, with more game time under their belt, we might have that covered quite well. Um, and like you said, it's a nice deal for Peter and he gets to link up with his, his old coach over there. And um, yeah, might be... It's sad for me to see him go because, like you, I enjoyed he, you know, he had his ups and downs. But um, on his day, he loved setting up a try for his winger here at the Warriors, and and he gave a lot of assists to both Fusatua and Ken Malmalo when he played on one side, then the following year switched to the other. So sad yeah. to see him go, um, but he, I'm sure he'll uh, be a good a good uh, fit for the Cowboys. Say ready to put your money down on um, either Kyle Felt or Murray Talangi for leading try scorer next year, yeah. Um, depending on what side Hiku sits over there. Um, but yeah, good luck to him um, when he when he leaves. Um, he's played his last game for the Warriors, obviously due to his injury. Um, but yeah, hopefully he, he plays well for for North Queensland. Um, more Warriors news though. Adam Pompey, we talked about it last week that. It looked like he was going to sign a deal. It's been confirmed now that he, he's signed an extension to the end of 2023. Um, I'm still not comfortable where he is playing on the field. I think he's a winger, not a centre. But I think um, he's either going to grow into the centre role or they will eventually move him out to the wing, and I think he'll be quite handy. Yeah, look, either way, I mean, I'm with you. I think at the moment he's probably better suited to the wing, but... Um you know, could be something he grows into. Um, he, he could develop some good distribution skills and make a decent centre as well. But it's good It's good signing for us anyway, you know, to have somebody like him locked in because um, I, he's done a pretty decent job when we've needed to call on him this year and, and last year as well. Yeah, definitely. And the, the last bit of Warriors signing news, um, the Warriors have extended the contract of young hooker I'm going to get the name wrong. Um, Taniela Otukolo, um, until the end of 2024. Um, I haven't seen much 
of his game time um, playing in the lower grades, but there's a lot of big raps on him. Um, uh, apparently, when he was playing like SG ball and stuff in Australia, he was head and shoulders above everyone else in the competition, which is, if that is something that can transition into NRL, it's fantastic for the Warriors. Um, it's been no secret that I've um, said the biggest weakness in the Warriors is their hooker. So um, if they can get this young kid in eventually, he, he's been floating on the extended bench for like the last month. Um, so he's obviously doing enough to keep himself in the mix. And I I think he's still a little bit away from getting an opportunity, but um, hopefully when it does come, he takes it with both hands. Yeah, I'm like you. I haven't really seen a heck of a lot of him in action, but um you know if the if the uh, raps he has on him uh are anything to go by then you know he'd be nice nice uh player to have around and you never know like you say as long as he's in the mix you never know what happens with injuries and or and or um signing news i know there was rumors of a player like jazz tavanga possibly looking elsewhere so you know all it takes is for someone like him to sign elsewhere or a couple of injuries and it brings someone like that into the to the mix so um i'm sure yeah i'm sure we'll see what he's made of in in, in time 100 percent. and um simon's just mentioned as well speaking of sg ball all the warriors um have a team for the next couple of years so um i think that's um i i don't know if you're saying that they are they do have a team or if you're asking are they going to um i'm pretty sure they are and um i think they need to um these young kids need to get experience and um, not not wanting to rubbish the local competition in New Zealand, but they need that that top-tier stuff in Australia to really get ready for the NRL. We've seen a lot of times we've had young kids that have been playing um, local footy and they come straight into the NRL. Um, oh yeah, so Cyber said, are they going to? I believe they are. Um, I believe that was the goal, um, at least for the next couple of years. Um but don't quote me on it. I'll look into it. I'm going to write it down in a little um, little notebook. SG Ball Warriors. Um, and, yeah, um, someone will say, to be honest, most people don't even know what the local competition is in New Zealand. That's true as well. Um, I've kind of fallen away, um, shamefully admitting. Um, once, once the Marlins um, weren't in the Fox Memorial anymore, I, I kind of lost interest in the Fox Memorial um, as a as a former Marlin and a and a fan. Um, but yeah, they there's a lot of work to be done locally in terms of getting the competition up to the right standard and actually getting the competition out in front of people's eyes. And um, next bit of news we've got. Um, I thought we will probably end up on this for a bit of time, but um, I was hoping that um, after last week, all the teams would understand the new crackdown, how serious the refs were, and we'd see a drop down um, in Simbins, but it actually went up. We got 17 this round, um, including Victor Adley getting two in one game. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Simbins and something that I feel like is going to be a weekly um weekly talking point for us <laughs> yeah oh look i'm sure we'll touch on some of the individual ones when we wrap up some of the games but um yeah to sum it up you just want some consistency because 
you know, you, you see some people getting sent off where it, I know we're old school, Brad, and, and we probably in our heads watch a game that, that existed t- five, ten years ago. But, um, yeah, some of them don't look that bad and uh, uh, having to be sent from the field. And then you look in other games, in our game as well, where we had Jazz Tavanga um, making contact with the head two or three times and getting a couple warnings and didn't get sent. So there's a lot of gray areas there where, you know, it's contact to the head, but then the refs are also – looking at is it forceful uh yeah a lot of gray areas and it's causing inconsistencies and also people laying down milking penalties i believe so yeah um i think they just need they need to um be more consistent like you said that warriors game if it was another referee refing that game jazz probably would have been simbed in twice mm. um where that ref that was actually his first um, his first game by oh, hey, Mark. See you there. Um, Simbin's supposed to be contact to the head with force. Yeah. So um, yeah. I don't think Jazz's were Simbin's anyway. But um, no, not at all. Yeah. Like like Mark said here, it is such a grey area. It's I don't mind as long as all the refs are on the same page. We're seeing some refs. Um, chicken for one, who is refing the Warriors game this week, which will be great. Um, but Chicken is very Simbin happy. Um, it can be, there was a few in his game um, last week that I didn't think had force to the head and he let them go um, to the bin. So it will be interesting for us and the Cowboys this week. Um, Lachlan Burr is obviously out for the game um, with another unfortunate one in a row, um, two weeks in a row where he's kind of got a smaller guy coming down low. Um Tedesco didn't get anyone simbin this week, which was a surprise. Um, I was I was kind of putting my money on it, um, but yeah, it's yeah. I, I'm lost for words on how they can fix it. They they've they've drawn their line in the sand and said we're not going back. Um, but they but, need to find a way to make it more understandable for not just the players, the coaches, but for us at home watching it because there's a lot mm. of them when they go to the bin and you see the replay and you're like, I don't actually understand why. Um, there's others that are like, oh, yeah, no, I understand 100%. But, mm. um, yeah. Do you have any solutions? Um, well, it's just, it's like what Mark has said there as well. It's just such a grey area and, and it depends on the ref's interpretation. And one referee's interpretation of with force might be different from another and, and, how do you determine that? And also we get the the people slipping into tackles and getting hit in the head, but they're around waist high, like we talked about last week and the week before. Um, yeah, it's trying to make something simple that's just not simple in my mind, you know what I mean? Um, very quick game, contact sport. Um, all these players have been trained to go high and, grab the ball and stop the offload. So their contact point up until now has always been up around chest mm. on the ball, you know, and then someone will come in and chop the legs. Um, and then we've made this enforcement halfway through a season. So these teams have all trained the way they've always trained. Different story. You change it pre-season and then they can train for it. But, yeah. Yeah. It'll, um, take, some getting used to. It'll take some getting used to, I think. Yeah, it's definitely an adjustment period. I know um, going low um, 
gives you that opportunity to throw out an offload, but it also allows you to get up and do a quick play the ball, which is, especially with this faster pace, that's what a lot of teams are trying to stop. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to take time. It's going to be interesting, um, and I'm sure it's going to be something we're going to be discussing every week. Um, until they get it right, um, we were talking pre-show um, how long we think it's going to be for the Bulldogs game for Jack Hetherington to be simbined because he was regularly getting simbined before the crackdown. So it will be interesting to see how long he lasts. Hopefully he he keeps his um, head on his shoulders, but time will tell with that. So um, our last bit of news before we go into the round 11 review um is blake green announcing his immediate retirement before we go um what shirt i'm wearing i'm wearing a we are warriors shirt that i bought from oz i can't remember who i bought it from but um i'll flick you a message after the show um when i find the details um it's is it, not a bad shirt they do them for everyone is that your mate murdoch so, masilla there top in the middle it is. He, he's front and center yeah. um, to my heart, so it's good that he's in the middle. <laughs> but uh, it's got it's got all all our usual guys um, on there. It's a real good shirt, so um, I'll flick you the link and um, you can get yourself one if you want, Mark. But yeah, sorry. Back to Blake. Um, so yeah, Blake's announces immediate retirement. Um, he's kind of felt the game's kind of caught up on him a bit and um, has decided to. Um, call it a day he's he's had a long career um been at a lot of clubs he i looked at his stats and he played the most nrl games for the warriors so he's obviously got such a connection with us um it's been a bit of a um a rocky road with me and blake green when he was a warrior um he was my my little um I, I kicked him a few times when I was doing my match reviews, when I was frustrated at some of the stuff he used to do. But um, what are your thoughts on him after his career? He's played at some great clubs. Yeah, he's been kind of um, a, almost like a just a solid player, you know, like um, when he was here in 2018 uh, with Johnson alongside him, um, he had some great form there and and i think that was the role he filled really well where he just did all the solid things uh all the basics pretty well and and allowed a player like johnson to sort of play a running or running role uh but yeah i think from what comments i've seen him make is that is his mind still there but his body um can't get him into the places where he wants to be on the field yeah. anymore and and you can kind of see that you know he's he is um, probably getting on a bit in terms of 40 years. So, um, but he's had a good career, you know, so. Um, yeah. Congrats, congrats on I, the good career. Yeah. And uh, I haven't heard officially what he's doing now. I know that there were talks before the season started that this would be his last year and he'd move into a coaching role with Newcastle. I assume that's still on the table. So um, I think that's another good use of his talents. Um that was something I said a lot here when I was calling for him to be um, to be dropped to give Chanel a chance, um, saying that he can still be at the club and he the like the knowledge he could pass on to the young halves at that time it was Chanel and Adam Kieran. Um, so I think yeah, if he could do that at Newcastle, especially at the moment when they they don't have the Mitchell Pierces and that out there, they really need their young guys to learn as much as they can and. Right now, it's clear that um, 
green's probably more beneficial to them off the pitch than on it so um yeah keeping him in the camp teaching those young halves everything he can i think it will it will help them in the long run which um we're about to talk about their game they they need all the help they can get um so yeah you got any news or do you want to go straight into the review no let's go mate we'll go into the review okay. We'll go into the first game, which was on Thursday night, with the Cowboys defeating the uh, the Knights 36-20. Um, Cowboys keeping themselves in the hunt for the eight um, with what I thought was a comprehensive win. Um, they they were lead, they were going almost a, a point a minute at the start of the game, and um, it wasn't until they lost Tomololo and Lockhart Burr to the bin that the Knights actually got in to the contest. Um, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think they were they were they were traveling nicely, and and the Sinbins definitely took took an effect there on the Cowboys. You know, had had they not um, lost a couple of people, you think they wouldn't have um, let the Knights come back into it as much as they did. They did kick back out at the end, and um, Valentine Holmes looking dangerous again. You know, he's um, really uh, providing some spark in their attack, but. Yeah, uh, didn't take long. First game of the round, and you already saw two Simbins. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Valentine Holmes has been playing um, fantastic for like the past four or five weeks. Um, he just keeps building. Um, he's obviously seeing the the glimmer of state of origin in the near future and trying to get himself back into Queensland. Um, I think if he keeps playing the way he is, he he could definitely be on a wing spot um, for them. And um, yeah. Just um, good to see him playing good footy again um, after his brief hiatus in the NFL. But, yeah, the Cowboys were just too strong. Um, their forward pack were, were bullying the Knights. Um, they got um, Murray Tulungi got a hat trick. Yeah. Um, he looks very dangerous on the edge, um, which is a concern for the Warriors this week with um, a bit of suspect edge D. Um, yeah. It looks good for the Cowboys. I think um, Todd Payton's really turning them around, which is great to see. Um, and, yeah, they are still a chance for the top eight. Um, hopefully um, we can stub that out this weekend. Um, but, yeah, for the Knights, I just don't know. Um, they struggle without Ponga and Pierce, as we keep saying. They've got Ponga back this week, so that should hopefully help. Um, but, yeah, I'm just not too sure what what we can do about them. Um it's another team that's a top eight type side that's not doing well, which is good for Warriors fans. So um, it, it makes it it's still going to be hard as as a as a team to make that eight. But with some of these other teams kind of dipping and diving, it, it makes your road a little bit easier. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I the, think the two the two key players there are, are sort of what's doing that to the Knights, though. Uh, Mitchell Pierce and Ponga, you know. You, take a couple people of that caliber out of most sides and and you know you'll find it'll it'll be a tough road yeah definitely and then um that brings us to the first game on friday with the warriors defeating the tigers 30 to 26 um you already mentioned it in our in our intro but uh it was a tense tense game to watch um it was there was a bit of ups and downs and um the last couple of minutes were um edgy seat type material yeah, um, yeah, another game they nearly gave me a heart attack. <laughs> um, you know, we uh, wasn't a great start for us, and then we bounced back and and laid some nice tries on, and 
Reese Walsh, it's been well documented. You know, well, he made a couple of errors, uh, but then lots of moments of magic as well. I think three try assists and a try. Um, Roger was very good from the wing. Um, Tohu Harris was pretty massive for us. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on with our front row too much because, you know, looking at the stats, only you had Jermaine Tanoa Brown only collecting like nine nine running meters. So, luckily for people like Tohu Harris, who was who was busy as ever, Jack Murch, he was looking good and made a couple of mistakes in the second half though, which sort of put the pressure on us a bit. But you know, we did we did well to hold on. It was. Uh, just a big relief that we held on. Yeah. Um, I think um, with the, in regards to the props, um, I try to pay attention to them as much as I can because they're, they're my love. Um, it was just a strange rotation. Um, yeah. Like I think um, Kane Evans got like 17, 18 minutes at the back end of the game and that was it. Uh, Bunty had like the first 21 and that was it. There wasn't like a constant um, rotation for them. Not sure why uh, Nathan Brown didn't really discuss it in the um post-match but um i've seen i've seen comments from bunty and, and evans that they yeah. they would like more more time and i i think um you need a bit more time you need to keep them fresh jack merch is another example he is a fantastic player um but when he gets a bit fatigued that's when the errors um yeah. start to leak in um it's 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 a tough thing to to balance, and um, I know we're all waiting for Adam Fanor Blake to come back, which will that's the key. Help. Yeah, because um, I think once you got him back, um, they might get a bit more rhyme and reason to the rotation. And yeah, Reese, I know we spent like three hours talking about him last week. Um, yeah, he did have a, a couple of a little slip ups at the start, and. Um, he, he loves his big cutout pass. It's, it's beautiful. Could never throw one in, in, in my lifetime. But um, there was one early on where he threw it and it almost got picked off. And it was like, oh. But he kept coming back. He still, you know, like a few a few sets later, he did the exact same play and we scored a try off it. So um, I like his confidence. Um, something doesn't go well. He doesn't drop his head. Mm. Like um, how, many, how many times have we've seen that little slip up he had that let the mm. Tigers score their first try, that that just rocks a young kid and they're, they're not the same for the rest of the game. It just doesn't affect him in that way. And, um, yeah, like you said, Roger on the wing, um, I think at the start it, he was a bit quiet and then they started finding ways to involve him more. Mm. And um, as soon as he was getting involved more and doing a lot of what he what he does best, I was like, I'm happy with mm. the situation, having him on the wing and having Walsh out there. Um, it helped a lot that um, Roger was on the same side as um, BJ Leilua because mm. that's just an easy one-on-one -on -one situation, which we saw when he, he broke. He just saw he had BJ in front of him. and was like, this is easy. Stepped yeah. him and was gone. Um, but, yeah, it's. I think if I want to put my critical hat on, which um, I love doing when I do my reviews, but um, – it's just defensive lapses at times. They yeah. they were really good. Um, they need to be commended for the fact that they conceded no tries while they were down to, to 12 men. Um, but it's just these little brief moments where they just open the door ajar and it either lets a team into the contest like we saw here or like in the Manly game, it lets the opposition run away and make the game kind of 
unattainable anymore. And mm. um, yeah, it's it's not a ma- it's a, it's a problem, but it's not the end of the world type problem. Um, I'm definitely happy in the situation the Warriors are, as opposed to other teams that we're going to be talking about later. Um, but yeah, I think um, ideally at the break time in round 13, I wanted the Warriors to at least be on a 50-50. If they beat the Cowboys, they're, they're at that. They're at six wins, six losses, and that puts them in good stead. Um, unfortunately, that first game after the bye is the Storm. Um, but looking at the, the run after that, there's a lot of easily winnable games. Um, as I like to do, I, I have no life, so I look at everything I can. Um, I looked at the rest of the draw, and there was potentially two or three games that I was like, the Warriors probably don't have a chance in these. All the rest are winnable. So um, if they win at least 80% of those winnables, they're well on track to play in playoff footy. Yeah, we just need to do a bit more. You do a bit better in terms of playing for more of the game. Like you said, we have our lapses and, um, you know, we we haven't been an 80-minute team for most of the season. And, and if I were to look at the draw, that Tigers game was a very winnable game and definitely one we should have won in it. We almost didn't because uh, we only played for probably 60-odd minutes of that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they showed hard in that the last couple of minutes. They they put pressure on. I think there was that situation where they were the Tigers were flicking the ball out to the left, and there was like one defender, and it was like, oh no, they're they're blowing it here. And um, thankfully, there was a mistimed pass which allowed the scrambling cover to come over, and they had to flick it out to the right. And um, it was just that it was pressure that stopped them. Um, from scoring basically the tigers had too much pressure on them and they capitulated which was great but yeah it'd be nice this friday hopefully fingers crossed that we have a game where it's not so tight at the end um just just breeze out to an easy win so we can just kick back in the second half and relax that would be lovely <laughs> yeah um all right evening jermaine good to see oh, you here. um we'll go on to the last game on friday which is um probably the the worst game of the round for me, um, the Sharks and the Dragons. The Sharks beating the Dragons 13-12. Um, we both picked the Sharks, but I kind of thought there would be a, a larger margin due to the fact that there were so many players out from the Dragons. But this actually went to Golden Point. It was that close. Um, but not exciting close. It was boring close. I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah, well, the Sharks really haven't been traveling very well at all, so... I mean, we tipped them to win, but, you know, I probably should have foreseen a, a closer encounter, even though the Dragons had injuries. It almost looked to me like neither side wanted to win it, especially towards the end. It kind of looked like both sides were a bit nervous. Um, and even when it went to Golden Point, the Dragons had the ball and uh, they ran it on the last, which sort of turned the ball over yeah. to Cronulla. It was a lot of weird things like that happening in this game. Um, but, you know... Um, I think Townsend slotted the field goal to win the game. He had a couple of field goal attempts charged down earlier on. Um, but, yeah, it, what did you think? It almost looked like that neither side wanted to win that one. Yeah, well, I think I can understand from the Sharks. Um, I think the Sharks, they're, they're on a six-game losing streak. I think yeah. winning had kind of become foreign to them. So yeah. when you get into that situation, they weren't as well-oiled as – um, teams that are used to winning, like your Panthers, and that, like, if it was the exact same situation and it was the Panthers there, they would know what to do. They would go like one, two out, 
bang a field goal over it's over um just because it's second nature to them because they're winning so often when you haven't been winning a lot it's just when you get into that situation it's just so much harder and the dragons haven't been great either um so they were just the same um chad got the the match winner but got dropped for his efforts um, this week um but yeah i just i expected more out of the sharks here i know the sharks haven't been great but they were really given the dragons on a platter with um all the all the players missing and they just didn't take it which um is fully ruling them out of the top eight in my mind i think both of these teams won't be in the eights um by the time we're talking um in a couple of weeks I think you're bang on when you're talking about winning becomes a habit and losing becomes a habit. You could just see the relief on Chad's face when he kicked that. Um, mm. They looked extremely relieved to win, and, and yeah, I think they would have taken any kind of win just to snap that streak. And yeah, and Simon said, are the Sharks still away and Dragons still playing the same ground? Yeah, it was a away game for the Dragons at Netstrata Jubilee, which is their home ground. So um, it's one of those... Um, interesting ones when you have so many teams in the same area um but yeah we won't have to talk about that game too much more because it was it was a horrible game to watch so we'll go straight into the first game on Saturday, which was the titans um defeating the bulldogs 30 to 20 um interesting game the the titans started this game like they have the last like three or four coming straight out of the gates fast scoring quickly um but the Bulldogs clawed their way back. Um, I think Titans will be happy with this win. They they did enough. Um, they were still missing for Fida, which he's back this week, which they'll welcome with um, open arms. And um, the Bulldogs, I just don't. The Bulldogs, it's that same thing. They they struggle to win. They um, they don't know what they're doing at times. Uh, but I'd be more concerned as a Titan that we just bet the Bulldogs by 10 points. Um, the Warriors haven't played the Bulldogs yet, so I, I won't go too hard on them there, like that. <laughs> um, just in case something happens there, um, I don't want this recording to come back and bite me. Um, but yeah, I think the Bulldogs show a lot of fight, which they have been doing at times. They just lack polish. Oh, they lack the whole bottle of polish, Brad. <laughs> uh, they do try, but for me, they're a lock in for the spoon. Um, yeah, the the Titans started um, started decent, um, but yeah, their defense, their defense, they just uh, seem to leak tr- a lot of tries. You know, they they don't have too many problems on attack, but um, I'm not sure how many points they're averaging against. But for me, watching them, their their defense doesn't look like a sort of top eight teams defense. Um, no, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a lot different from the defense we saw from them at the end of last season when that mm. they were they had renowned defense towards the end, and that's why they turned their form around. At the moment, they seem to be a team that just wants to um, outscore their opposition mm. rather than trying to stop their opposition from scoring. They're like, you can score a try, we're going to score a, two tries to all of yours, yeah. um, which makes it an exciting team to watch, but that doesn't generally work all the time. So... Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's concerning. I think um, for the Titans, I think if you you're up against stiffer competition, they would have lost this one. Yeah, look, I mean, they they had a bit of help too with Dylan Napper going to the bin, and they scored a couple of tries. You know, who knows what happens if that didn't happen? And yeah. um, 
I know we sort of talked about it a bit beforehand, but um, you know, days gone by that didn't look like too much, and it's almost like Jared Wallace is just. Uh, laid down for a bit to ensure he got a penalty, and I know Dylan Napper laid into him a bit with some. He had some choice words for him. What do you think yeah. about that that scenario? Yeah, I think I think we've seen a bit of that, and we're probably going to continue to see it. Um, where if you get a decent contact on you and you stay down in pain a little bit, it's generally going to result in a bin. Um, it's it's not good in the eyes of sportsmanship. Um, mm. I don't see anyone in the Warriors being that kind of player. Um, so thankfully we won't have to deal with the um, the, the morals of that. But, um, yeah, I, some some players do. I think we talked um, earlier that um, Michael Innes wasn't a fan of people lying down, but I would put all my money in my bank that if he was still playing, he'd be one of those guys that would be um, – lying on the ground saying I got hit high, sir. Um, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. And hopefully they find a way to um, counteract that. Like if you lay down and then they, the bunker's looking at it and goes, there was nothing in it, um, that you kind of get punished instead. I don't know. It, that's a gray area too because it might not look like a big hit, but it might have hurt like buggery. Um, as a lot of people that probably played the game say, it's usually the the big hits that don't hurt so much. It's the other ones that really rock you. Um, I've had a few shots that have gone to my head and it's been fine. And I've had a few rib rib breakers um, that have kept me kept me in pain for a long, long time. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we don't see too much of that. But yeah, Titans just need to um, tighten up the D. Um, welcome for feedback, and they they can keep pushing on. They've um, they've got an easily winnable game this week to keep themselves in the top eight hunt. Unfortunately, um, it'd be great to see them um, with them just above the Warriors on the ladder. It'd be great to see them playing um, the Storm or someone right about now. But we we can't we can't rule that um, like that. So. Yeah, Titans fight to live another day, and Bulldogs are just struggling right now. And yeah, I think you said, like you said, chewing for the spoon, unfortunately for them. Mm. Um, next game is the only game we got wrong in our tips um, this week, uh, with the Broncos defeating the Roosters thirty-four to sixteen. Um, officially retiring, doing multis now. I'm done. I'm over it. <laughs> I don't like. There's always one of these games that are getting me. Um, it was the upset of the round, obviously. I think for the Broncos, I think Pangai Jr. was a monster. Um, he just had his eyes on Sam Walker all night and was turning him into a speed bump. And um, I think we said, a like before the Warriors played the Roosters, that you need to get your your monster or your your big bopper in your team to be targeting Walker all night. And if you do that, it should derail what he offers on attack. And that's what we saw. It was textbook. Um, he was getting um, knocked around everywhere. And then when he had the ball in hand, he was making errors that we haven't seen from him before, um, throwing intercepts, um, just not playing the what we've come to expect from him. Um, so I feel sorry for him because I feel like he's going to have a lot of pain coming his way the next few weeks with other teams trying to replicate that. So um, it's up to the Roosters. They're, they've lost some... Um, some forwards with suspensions this week, but 
it's up to them to um, get their boys around them to really protect them. Um, potentially even trying to get in and make that first contact on the on these big boys before Walker comes in. So um, what do you think? Well, first of all, the Broncos, um, yeah, I thought they played really well and, and yeah. deserved the win. Um, the, they used the same blueprint that they kind of used when they held a real tight game against the Panthers where it was mm. just brutal um, – Payne Haas, Lodge, Tavita Pingai Jr. Um, that's their strength. They've they've got a big bruising forward pack, and when they sort of just smash up the middle, and then I think off the back of that, they they got some opportunities which they took uh, through David Mead and, and got a couple of nice tries. Um, but that's got to be the blueprint for them. You know, they've got big forwards try and dominate up the middle, keep it simple, and just. They just need consist- to do that more consistently because they they it's in them, but they just don't do it often enough, and that's why they sit where they currently are. Um, but yeah, they kind yeah. of played played the way they should have played, and they got the results out of it. Like you said, Tavita Pangai targeting Sam Walker. Um, yeah, they did what they needed to do, and then yeah. you could just see the Roosters getting frustrated, particularly Victor Rad- Radley. Obviously, you know we got to kind of got to address that. Um, because he was twice in the sin bin, I think four times on report, and he he looked like he was seeing red. But yeah, I think it was just it turned the game into a stop start affair, which more suited the Broncos rather than the Roosters. Yeah, and the the Broncos had a few things go their way. There was a few, there was one or two maybe forward passes and stuff. Forward passes. That, yeah, yeah, that um, that's just the way. I think even if you took those away, I don't see the Roosters winning this one. I think. The Broncos wanted it more, um, as cliche as that is. Um, I suppose the biggest thing, the fact that it, um, Joseph Suwali made his debut, um, he he played okay. Um, he he had some good stats. He he went for over a hundred meters. He missed a few tackles and things like that. But he is a seventeen-year-old. Um, I didn't think too much of the debut, to be honest, but we've been blessed to see Reese Walsh, um, Sam Walker, who are, uh, they they might be older, they might be 18, but you could put both of them on, um, put one on the other's shoulders, and they're still not as big as this kid. So, um, yeah, um, I'm sure it's probably not the best game for him to debut and make an impact because the Roosters just were never in the fight. Um so it'd be interesting to see what he does coming from this. Um, but I saw, like, I it's more, we talked about it last week about Reese Walsh, how you, I think it might've been, it might've been Simon. It was someone asked about like, is there too much pressure on these young kids? Like, are we going to put the weight of the Warriors on this 18 year old? They, the rooster, the roosters, not themselves are doing it. The NRL are doing it. After this game, the NRL uploaded a highlights package of Suwali's game onto their website, onto YouTube and stuff. And it, it wasn't even that good to watch. It was like five minutes of the most boring stuff of my life. Um, yeah. And like that type of pressure is, is not great um, on anyone. Um, I was kind of looking to see if they'd do one for Reese Walsh, but they didn't. Um, that would have been a bit more exciting to watch, but yeah, they've really got to, they've got to toe that line. Um, it's um, 
early ripe early rotten type scenario where if they they ride these kids early and then it breaks down they might not have what it takes to bounce back um from what i've seen from walsh it looks like he's got a great head on his shoulders so he'll be fine walker has had ups and downs with performances and keeps coming back so i think he'll be fine too we just haven't seen enough from joseph yet to know what his um his mentality is when it comes to adversity so um It'll be great well, to see um, how he bounces back. It's got to be one of the most hyped debuts of all time. <laughs> kind of didn't help him. And like you said, it's a tough game for him to debut because the Broncos um, were really switched on. And, and, you know, yeah, it was just a tough game for him. And they've got a lot of injuries. So he, he looks to me like in the future he'll be more of a sort of Latrell Mitchell type player, you know, so more of big physical rather than Sam Walker um and walsh who you know look more yeah. your fullback halves demand the ball type of player so possibly not I the think, best game, game for him to debut in yeah and i think it's a lot easier I, i'm being biased here as a as a as a big person um i think it's a lot more easier to look exciting when you're you're quick and nimble when you're 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 nipping around everywhere as opposed to being one of those bigger body guys that has to utilize strength um mm. You're not always going to have a David Fafita type run in you all the time, but yeah, I think Latrell Mitchell is probably the best comparison. I, I think, um, like what he was at the Roosters as one of their big centers, I think you'll see Suwali um, end up um, not a bad pickup, and he he's yeah. got a lot of years in him um, as long as he can stay healthy and stay on the the straight and narrow. I think you'll find physically um, this would be a lot. Um, higher level than what he's used to running into as well. You know, I bet I, I bet growing up, he's been used to dominating a lot of people smaller than him. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, but yeah, if, if you want, if you want to um, be a young guy that has to transition in the NRL, there's basically three teams that I would recommend you doing it for. And that's the Panthers, um, the storm or the roosters. So he, he's in capable hands there. Um, I, I, it's it's pretty clear they know what they're doing when it comes to developing players, um, as opposed to just always buying everyone else's like the Roosters normally like to do. But um, but no, kidding aside, um, yeah. Um, great game for the Broncos. Um, I don't I don't know if it'll it'll stay. They've got a pretty tough match this week. Um, yeah. But if they can bring that same intensity, um, they could make a fight out of it. Um, will be interesting. So uh, we'll go into the next game on Saturday, which is um, the Storm, who the Broncos are going to play this week, defeating the Raiders 34-10. Um, we talked about it with the George Williams scenario. There's clearly something wrong with the Raiders. I don't know what's going on, but they're just broken. Um, it's probably the easiest way to say it. They they looked okay. They were leading 10-0 um in the early stages and then they just disappeared and the storm did what the storm do and just started scoring willy-nilly um this is the storm mind you this was the storm without any of their spine mm. um so the fact that the storm can go up against the raiders and win 34 10 with none of their spine i don't know many teams that could claim that um you know the roosters are kind of they've lost a bit of their spine but they still have tedesco um we haven't seen what the panthers can do without their spine um 
We've seen like some players missing, but not all of them. The fact that the Storm can just keep doing this shows how good the Storm are. In my eyes, it's really only the Storm and Panthers that are grand final bound right now. I think there's a massive step between those two teams and everyone else. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. There looks to be a gulf between those two teams in the next tier down. Um, the Raiders started this game well, and I don't think it's the start of games that's their problem, but they do fall away badly and doesn't look to be changing anytime soon. Um, granted, this was the storm, but like you said, um, no Pappenhausen, no Munster, no Jerome Hughes, uh, no Harry Grant, pretty no much Brandon none Smith. of this. Yeah. It was crazy how they can just um, lose players of that caliber and just it doesn't look like it affects them. Next guy comes yeah. in, does the job, and they still put 34 points on a team that were uh, in a pre preliminary final last year and a grand final the year before. It's yeah, it's, re it's remarkable. It's uh, Their system's there with Craig Bellamy. They've got something special there where it's – yeah, you're hard pressed to find an equivalent to that. Maybe looking yeah, at rugby union, rugby union, the Crusaders type of thing. You know, it's it's pretty special what they got going. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of the storm, but um, you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, yeah, they just yeah they it's again that thing we keep talking about. They just have a habit of winning. They know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's wearing the jersey. They know what the job is to be done, and they do it. And nine times out of ten, that job will get them the win. So mm. um, it's, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And, yeah, the Raiders, I just don't know. Um, I, the Raiders are helping the Warriors out plenty. The Raiders were one of the guys I had in the top eight. Um, I basically said there were six teams that were cemented for the eight, and there were everyone else was fighting for the last two. Um, the Raiders are showing that they're one of those teams I had in that six, so they're gone. Um, it gives more chances for other teams. Um, so there could be um, a few teams. Obviously, Manly is a team on the rise um, that weren't in my eight. So they'll take a spot. And you've got the Titans. Uh, we'll talk about it on the ladder. There's a lot of teams that can can fight for it, but the Raiders are running out of chances. Um they let a few more games like this slip. They're, they're not looking um, at playoff footy. Um, and that will be interesting. If they get to that point um, where they don't have a shot anymore, will we see them capitulate or will they come back? Um, yeah, and Jermaine, Jermaine said Chance um, is out for the year two. Yeah, they announced this week that he is going to need surgery. So he's not back this year either, which is a huge loss for the year just, two. I think he just had it, didn't he? I think I saw on his Instagram he's just had his surgery. Yeah. And um, Simon's also mentioned too, um, yeah, Melbourne Storm have to be at the performance all the time. They're in the city, yeah. They've got so much competition in Melbourne, so um, they need that cutthroat mentality of performance because it's not the only show in town. Um, if the Storm started losing games and were wishy-washy like so many teams in the NRL are, no one would go because they'd go watch AFL or they'd go watch Union. They're, there's a lot of other stuff there, so they have to keep this mentality, and that's why they've been so successful. Um, they have to fight and scrap um, for everything they can get um, in Melbourne because of how how 
popular everything is there. Mm. Um, but yeah, there we, we may as well go into the the biggest surprising game for me. This is more surprising than the Broncos winning, um, but the Panthers defeating the Rabbitohs fifty six to twelve. It wasn't the result that surprised me; it was the margin. Um, I I th- I thought it was a, an outlier when the Rabbitohs had like fifty put on them by the storm. Um, I thought that was like a just a blip, um, just a, an accident that came out of nowhere, but. It, they did it again. The the supposedly third best team in the competition had fifty points put on them by numbers one and two. Um, I don't know. I think Wayne Bennett said it best because he was asked why he didn't bring Benji Marshall into this game, and he said he didn't want to embarrass him. Um, said like their D wasn't working, defense isn't his strongest suit. Um, why put him out there um, when it's not going to help? And um, yeah, Panthers, I just don't know. We, we've run out of things to say. Um, they're just too good. Um, I think Origin's going to be a great test for them because I feel like um, most of their players are going to be playing Origin. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, but we've seen it before. The Warriors had to play the Panthers um, when they had both their halves in Origin, and it was an easy win. And then Jerome Luai came out of nowhere. No one knew where he was, and he carved us up. So... Um, It'll be a great test for them. Uh, it's always in the back of my mind. Um, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I think Cleary um, continues to show why he's the best player in the game. Um, he played with the ball on a string, and um, they just made mockery of the Rabbitohs defense. Matt Burton, you know, yeah. the half playing, being a makeshift center, scored a hat trick. Um, it was in Dubbo, which is his hometown. Mm. So it was a great little story for him there. Um I think we, we, we pushed it. I think Simon's got it here as well. Um, totally wrong when he thought the Panthers would win by 20. I even thought 20 was going to be a bit too hard. I thought it was going to be like a a 10 to 12 point win. I thought the Rabbitohs with Latrell Mitchell back were going to um, come to the contest and actually give them a run for their money. A bit like what we saw from Manly when they fade the Panthers. Um, just give them like a real hard fight. Um but yeah, the Rapidos just were never in it. I I don't know. I I think that's basically rubbed them out of being a, a grand final hopeful. Um, before the season started, I said it was going to be a Storm Rapidos grand final. So it's another prediction of mine that's way off. Um, I don't know. Do what do you see the Rapidos doing, Rich? How do you see them coming back? It's tough because they've they've. In the past month, they've been spanked by 50 by two of the two top teams. Um, and you really want to be putting up more fight than that if you want to be considered a part of that club. Um, they've had their run of injuries and, and Latrell come back. Probably not, you know, top match fitness, but I think Wayne Bennett summed it up best saying they just looked like they didn't want to tackle in that game for whatever reason. that They just didn't look like they showed up for the fight and team like the Panthers where they're just a well-oiled machine. Like we said last week, they pretty much have no weaknesses. Mm. Um, They just rolled through them Um, and they definitely were up for the fight. So yeah, it was concerning if you're a Rabbitoh supporter to see them drop their heads like that. But, you know, I won't write them off being a top four team just yet because once they get Cam Murray back, I think, 
you know, he makes a big difference to them. And, and if, as we've seen earlier in the year, they're capable of going on a roll um, when they find form. So they just need to find form towards the right end of the year and, and they should still be up there. But, yeah, yeah. tough yeah. tough for them to bounce back from big losses like that. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, as Simon said, normally a team gets beaten by 50 is ruled out of the grand final. Yeah, they pulled that stat out when um, they lost to, uh, like 50 nil to the storm. Um, and I, I was still like, no, I think they still have a chance, but yeah, having it happen again, um, I, they'll, they'll still make playoffs, but, um, I don't think they'll go very deep. Um, probably maybe even a, a preliminary final. Um, it all depends on the draw, but I think there's a lot of teams licking their lips going, we can really target the Rabbitohs and get a win here. Um, which, I th- think leads us where we're running long in time here, um, but reads us into the last game of the round. Um, Manly beating the Eels 28-6. We picked this game, even though it was in Bank West, um, I just had a feeling that the Eels are looking patchy and they they kind of proved us right here. Um, Manly just were another level, as they've been um, since the Warriors played them into form. Um <laughs> It's, um, yeah, I thought the Eels at home were going to show a fight, but the fact they scored one try when um, they've kind of been known for loving to score at Bankwest, they just um, they just didn't offer anything. And I think Manly, from being my my team that I picked to be the wooden spoon, um, they're, they're looking the top four team now. Um, I, I think they're a few more wins and a few losses to those other teams around them they're going to be right there, um, which is unbelievable after the start they had to this season. Oh, 100%. I think that their start to the season is the worst, if not, you know, one of the worst starts the team's had uh, for a long time and um, just shows the impact that Tommy Trebojevic has on them because they're just swung and done a 180 since he's been back. Um, and all of a sudden, everyone else in the team looks to be playing better. Uh, yeah, and to put away the Eels like that at Bankwest, uh, it's a pretty big statement. Yeah, yeah, I think, I suppose, um, the selfish um, fans of Manly might not want, um, might not want him to play Origin, um, Due, due to the fact that they play so well with him, if he's away for Origin, that's a couple of games they might lose. Um, but yeah, fantastic performance from them. So um, we may as well go straight into our picks. Um, I'll just make sure I can bring up our ladder. We've got our ladder. So um, we had the same picks, and we only got one game wrong. Um, oop, there we go. Um, only got one game wrong in the Roosters-Broncos um, clash. So we've got Penrith still at the top. Um, Melbourne are at second, Parramatta and the Rabbitohs third and fourth, so the Rabbitohs are starting that slide already. Um, Roosters at fifth, Manly at sixth. I think Manly uh, keep going up. Dragons are continuing their slide, like I said. They'll, they'll slide out of the eight. Titans stay in there. Um, Warriors, unfortunately, are just behind um, at ninth. Cowboys nipping at the heels there, so that one's going to be a great matchup this week. Um mm. It's really going to separate. Then you got the Raiders. I've been saying the top twelve have a chance. I, I think I can be. I could basically say ten and up. Yeah. This week, ten and up. This week is who we've got that can have a chance at the finals. 
Um, I think possibly as early as next week, we could probably say that the top nine have a chance, depending on who wins that Warriors Queensland uh, North Queensland game. Um, there's probably a bit more life in it um, for the top ten teams there, but yeah, Raiders down. So we've got Raiders eleventh, Knights twelfth, Sharks thirteenth, Tigers fourteenth, Broncos fifteenth, and our Wooden Spooners at the moment, and probably for the rest of the year, the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, I'd say Raiders down, probably uh, out of the running. Yeah, probably, probably right there, Brad. I might say down to twelve still given that we've got a bit of time left, but I don't really see Raiders and Knights turning things around too much anytime yeah. soon. So you could be right. If it was if it was the other way around where it was Canberra and Newcastle was still up at nine and tenth and it was um the Cowboys Warriors eleven twelfth, I'd probably give them a chance just due to form. Mm. Um but yeah I just don't see anything in the Raiders or Knights that can um spark them into hitting a few wins and getting themselves back on track. Um which is why I ruled them out there. Um, but we don't have too many um, questions because we kind of were answering them all the way through the show. Um, Simon's got his picks already ready. We'll wait till we do our picks before we do that. Um, so we may as well go with the questions that we did for ourselves. Um, you go with yours first because it was your idea. All right. Uh, it's that time of year, Brad, State of Origin. We're warming up and we're all starting to talk about it. Um for those that watch and don't know, Brad and I sit on opposite sides of the fence for Origin. Brad likes his Queensland Queensland team. So with your selectors hat on, mate, I won't get you to do the whole 17-man squad because we'll be here for the whole night. But um, the all-important spine, a lot of um, interesting picks you could go with for the Queensland spine. What would you do? Yeah, it's interesting um, because the – the team I would pick, I can't right now because they're all bloody injured. Um, so I think right now, um, like Harry Grant is your lock for hooker, but he's injured. So I'm going with Reed Marnie um, from the Eels. I think he's he's been playing really well mm. um, despite the dip in form from the Eels. I think um, he's kind of the best of the healthy bunch. Um, then my, my seven is Dale Cherry Evans. He's kind of a lock-in. Um, he was there last year. He's there all the time. He's the captain. Um, so he's my lock-in at half. 5-8, um, I would go with Ponga. Um, I couldn't really think of any other 5-8 that I could put in there right now, and I think Ponga would fit in nicely, which would also allow AJ Brimson to come into fullback. Um, so that's the spine I would have. Um, it's not the one I would pick if everyone was healthy, obviously, but I think that's that's more than enough to beat New South Wales because they're rubbish. So um, um, so I'll switch the question to you. As people um, may not know, um, Richie's on the dark side and a New South Wales fan. So um, who would be your New South Wales spine? Um, there's a few injuries hitting you guys as well. So Yeah. All right. I'll start at the back. Um, with fullback, you kind of look at who's the best fullback for playing that's eligible for New South Wales, and you'd say Tommy Trebojevic, probably almost the best player in the game, actually. But mm. you've also got Tedesco, and I think you want to fit both those guys in there. So I think Trebojevic is easier to move to a different position. He 
covers other positions like centre and wing very well as well. Whereas I think Tedesco's a pure fullback, so I'd have Tedesco there. Hopefully he can milk a few uh, sin binnings. Moving to the halves. Cleary's a lock-in, that's for sure. So Cleary's your halfback. Um, Six is a bit tougher because who do you you go with what you know with someone like Jack Whiten um, or the the form of Luai and the combination. So for me, I'm not... I'm not Fitler, but I think, you know, on form, you've got to put Luai at number six as well. And then does that flow into Hooker as well and you take Coruscant? But, yeah, I think I'd take Damian Cook. And number nine, he's sort of the incumbent number nine and also the Australian incumbent number nine as well. So I think he's sort of earned his right to, to have a go from first for game one. So, yeah, to answer your question, Damian Cook, Cleary, Luai, and and Tedesco. And I'd bump Trebojevic out in the wing or in centre. That's what I'd do. Yeah, it's still not good enough to win, but <laughs> it, it's good with what you got. So, um, yeah, that's a couple of weeks away, so that'll be interesting, um, especially with us on both sides of the fence here. Um, be good to talk about that when it comes up. Um, Simon's also um, put a comment out saying he was watching the NBA and they have a play-in round before the playoff teams from seven to t um t um no seven to ten play for the eighth and seventh spot um saying like is that something the nrl could do kind of like where you have like your top six and then maybe your next four battle it out for the last two spots it could be um i think that probably will end up being something they look at doing when they've got the extra teams involved when there's um a bit more like if you've got um 17 then 18 teams and you still got a top eight. Um, they'll, they'll probably look at a way to try to incorporate more people into the playoffs. Um, I don't mind it. Um, if it was like, if you had a shot, if you were 10th and you had a shot at potentially getting into the playoffs, um, it would probably help me as a Warriors fan a bit more often. Um, Tigers would finally get to play playoffs footy because they're always ninth. Um, but yeah, it could be something... Um, they like to change. They they're not they're not shy in changing things up. So who knows what will happen? What do you think, Richie? Yeah, I can see an argument for that. I can also also be cynical and say, if you're finishing round ten, do you even really deserve a shot? Uh, yeah, I I kind of like it the way it is. Some people say that about finishing eighth, though, as well. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean. Uh, that's that's a fair comment because some people think sort of top five or six is is your elite, and then anything down from there is is just making up numbers. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not too dissatisfied with the way it is at the moment, and I'm happy for that to continue. Yeah, cool. So we may as well get into our picks for the Indigenous round um, starting tomorrow night with the Broncos versus Storm. Um, it, it didn't take me too long to pick this one. I've gone with the storm. What about you? Same here. Too hard to tip against them. Broncos had a good um, win, but um, yeah, too hard to tip against the storm. Yeah, and then first game on Friday, we've got um, Cowboys versus Warriors up in um, Townsville. Uh, I've picked the Warriors here. Um, it's a, a head and heart type situation, but I think the Cowboys without Tom Lolo and Lachlan Burr, um, 
might not be as strong as they normally would be. And as long as the Warriors let Walsh do what he does and they shut down Holmes, they should come away with the win. Yeah, I think we've got enough to beat the Cowboys. I went Warriors as well. Um, provided we turn up and play for the majority of the game, I think we can account for them. Cool. And next game, or the last game on Friday is Tigers-Dragons. I've gone with the Tigers here. I think... Um, the Dragons are still in that habit of losing at the moment. The Tigers continue to bring it to every team they face. They might not get across the line, but they're real close. And I think they'll they'll get the edge here. Me too. I went Tigers. I think Dragons are still missing a few people this week. Um, and I think, yeah, they really struggled against the Sharks, who were really struggling. So uh, yeah. I think the Tigers will probably... Um, bounce back. They've been a bit up and down, so yeah, I'll give it to the Tigers. And then the first game on Saturday, probably the hardest one to pick of the round. Um, we've got the Panthers versus the Bulldogs. You toss of a coin, this one, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I think I looked at the TAB and they were um, should they're bringing um, they were basically um, zero zero one or something like that. Yeah, you're basically paying. Um, if the Panthers won, yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting um, game. I think, think easy win for the Panthers here. Obviously, um, I'm just hoping that it's not an embarrassing game for the Bulldogs. Hope they really show some person. Don't want to demean them by any means. But um, the Panthers have been putting big scores on some good teams, so I'm scared to think what might happen. But hopefully, um, it's a good contest. Um, next game on Saturday is the Rabbitohs versus the Eels. Um, despite the the bollocking the Rabbitohs got last week, I'm actually picking them here. I think they're going to bounce back, and I think the Eels still look patchy. So I'm going with the Rabbitohs. Yeah, it was the battle of the bounce backs this week. Uh, which team bounces back? I went Rabbitohs as well. I think another week under the belt for um, Latrell Mitchell back in the side. Cam Murray comes back this week as well, and he's pretty big inclusion. Um, he he seems to sort of lift their performance whenever he plays. So I think yeah. Wayne will be into them big time this week as well. Um, might give them the edge. Yeah. Um, and then the final game on Saturday is the Roosters Raiders um, playing at the Warriors home ground, the Central Coast. Um I've gone with the the Roosters here. I've just lost all confidence in the Raiders. So, um, yeah, I think even without Victor Radley and Angus, um, Crichton and and the likes, I think the Roosters will still be too good for a Raiders team that can't play um, 80 minutes. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of the Panthers and Storm where you can't tip against them. The Raiders are a nightmare tip right now, so... I went Roosters as well, just on the basis I can't see the Raiders doing anything anytime soon. Yeah, and then um, the first game on Sunday is Sharks versus Titans. Um, I've gone with the Titans here. They both got a win last week, but Sharks were far from convincing, and David Fafita's back. So I'm expecting a big game out of him. Yeah, yep, took the words out of my mouth, mate. I think we're heading for the same picks this week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, the last game of the round is Knights-Seagulls. Um, easy game to pick here, Seagulls. Uh, yeah, Seagulls. Yeah. Irrepressible so, yeah. form right now. 
So yeah, we have we have gone for the same picks, um, which is good. It means you're going to be in the lead again. Um, as always, I'm, I'm never going to bloody win. Um, Simon, before we go on, we've got Simon's picks. So he's picked the Storm by 10, the Cowboys by 4, Dragons by 4, Panthers by 24, Rabbitohs by 6, Roosters by 8, Titans by 8, and Seals by 6. So um, basically the same picks, except you, you're going with the Cowboys there and broken my heart. Um, but yeah, hopefully we're right in that one. Um, but yeah, um, as long as it's a good contest that the Warriors win, I'll go to bed very happy. So yeah. um, we haven't done it in a while because we've always gone over. We've gone over again tonight, but the, the soccer show isn't on until 11pm. So we do have a bit of leeway. So we should do some Super League news so they're not completely forgotten. Um, the only news I really had from um, the week was Greg Inglis is out for eight weeks with a hamstring injury, um, big blow for Warrington there, but um, I haven't been able to watch a lot of his game, so I don't, haven't seen how much of an impact he's had on their performances. Um, they're, they're still getting the wins, so um, yeah, big loss for them, but hopefully he bounces back and um, gets back out there because I know he's really enjoyed coming back and playing footy. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't have to medically retire. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. um, and then um, it happened It happened a, a few weeks ago, but we haven't had time to mention it. So we had the Challenge Cup um, games, uh, the quarterfinals. So I've got the results here. Uh, Warrington defeated Catalan 16-6. Um, St. Helens defeated Huddersfield 23-18. Hull FC defeated my Wigan Warriors 20-10. And then um, Castleford just scraped through and bet Salford 19-18, which takes us to semi-finals, which will happen on the 5th of June. Um, we've got Hull FC versus St. Helens and Castleford versus Warrington. So um, that'll be an interesting round because that's around the same time as Origin. So we'll get to talk about Origin and the results of the semi-finals for Challenge Cup. Um, and then last weekend's round seven, games we had kind of catalans defeating st helens 20 to 16 um warrington defeated castleford 38 14 wigan got back to winning after losing the challenge cup defeating salford 17 16 um hull fc defeated leeds 18 to 12 wakefield defeated hull kr 28 12 huddersfield defeated lee 44 to 4 um, the Wigan stuff will be interesting. I'm keeping an eye on it with the George Williams situation because I know the rumours were that George Williams was going to go back to Wigan um, with Jackson Hastings leaving. Um, be interesting to see with COVID if he can go back early and go back and play for them now or if it's going to be a next year situation. Um, I'll keep investigating. Obviously, the George Williams thing is going to keep blowing up for us to talk about next week anyway. Um, but we'll see more news on that. But um, round eight um, actually starts tomorrow in the UK. We've got or starts to um, Thursday for them, which isn't Thursday for us. Um, oh, and I see Simon said Catalans had a crowd at the match. That's great to hear. Yeah. Um, good to see them get some crowds back. But yeah, this this round um, it starts with Salford versus Warrington. Um, on the Thursday, Friday's got Castleford versus Leeds and St. Helens versus Hull FC. Um, then Saturday it ends with Catalans versus Wigan, Wakefield versus Huddersfield, and Hull KR versus Lee. Um, so, yeah, some good matchups there. Um, 
Catalans versus Wiggins kind of a a game of the round type scenario for me as a biased Wigan fan. Um, But yeah, some good matches there. So hopefully we'll be able to incorporate more Super League back into the show. Um, Richard likes to talk too much, you see, so he goes over our time most of the time. And um, hopefully Reese Walsh um, doesn't have an amazing game again. So we spend half an hour talking about him um, this week. And I will. Um, (laughs) But um, that's it for tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie um, for your weekly update on Rugby League. Remember to tune in to our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, nice comment there from Jermaine. Um, cheers. Cheers for the love there. Um, yeah, cheers, guys. Your engagement's really good. So it makes it makes a um, nice breakup of me and Brad just talking to ourselves. Yeah, um, Richard's sick of me talking to him about Lee <laughs> all the time. It's it's been like 14, 15 years of me yeah. um, talking his ear off about the league. So um, great that I can do it to other people now. So um, yeah, um, just that. So good night. Um, good night to you too. Um, anything else you want to say, Richie, before we sign off? Uh, no, yeah, just again, cheers to all you guys for tuning in and, and throwing your input our way. It's, uh, you know, it makes it fun for us. Um, hope you all enjoy the the round of league, and I hope Simon's Warriors Cowboys pick is incorrect. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely let him know about it next week if he's, if he's wrong. Um, but, yeah, thank you, everyone, for joining us um, tonight. And until next week, good night. 